there's a peace I've come to know Though my heart and flesh may fail There's an anchor for my soul I can say it is well Jesus has overcome And the grave is overwhelmed The victory is won He is risen from the dead And I will rise When he calls my name No more sorrow, no more pain I will rise on eagle's wings Before my God fall on my knees and rise I will rise there's a day that's drawing near when this darkness breaks to light and the shadows disappear and my faith shall be my eyes jesus shall overcome and the grave is overwhelmed the victory is won he is risen from the dead and i Fall on my knees and- 
Thank you, Bree. I'm always glad when she sings and it's part of our music program here at the church. It's an honor for me to fill the pulpit for Pastor Ron. He will be back in the office on uh, Tuesday. I'm going to read a couple of verses from Psalm, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One thing I ask of the Lord, and that is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to, and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe. In his dwelling, he will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Our world is a very frightening place in these days. We have terrorists on every side. ISIS is, with unprecedented brutality, ruling a part of our world. The murder of Christians, because they are Christians, is going on in many countries today. Wars are seeming to deepen rather than diminish. There's an unprecedented breakdown of the old way of life that we've known. And on top of that, there is a very shaky financial outlook for the future. And we live with a continuous diet of bad news over the media every day. And all of that makes us wonder, what does the future hold for us? What is out there? I suppose there have always been those who have disparaged the future or disparaged the world that they live in. Uh, listen to this, for example. The world is very evil and the times are waxing very late. Well, that happened to be said and written by Bernard of Cluny in 1150. Or listen to this. It is a gloomy day in history, not in many years, not in the lifetime of many men now living has there been so grave and deep apprehension. That was written in Harper's Weekly in 1857. Or listen to this one. In the days that are now passing over us, even fools are arrested to ask the meaning of them. Few of the generation of men have seen more impressive times, days of endless calamity, disruption, dislocation, confusion, worse confounded. The ruin is universal. If there is to be a world at all, it must be a new world that human beings can ever return to the old sorry routine and proceed with any steadfastness and continuous therein is a hope no longer tenable. This is a time to make the dullest of men consider whence they came and whither he is bound. That sounds like yesterday, doesn't it? But it was written by Thomas Carlyle in 1850. So there have been those who have always wondered about the future. But never has there been the foment and the fear, the suffering and the aggression 
that we are experiencing worldwide in our culture today. The old standards and way of life are being toppled one by one, and there seems to be no solution. Now, you know that the Bible spoke about the days of the last days. In the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. And those days are on us. We experience them today. And yet here we are facing 2015. Twelve months of history have been recorded, not to be recalled. Fifty-two weeks of chapters in the book of time have been written. Were they worthwhile? In your life and experience, were they worthwhile? Now a new year is thrust upon us, a new date, a new calendar, a fresh page. And that reminds me of something that was written in a diary of mine many, many years ago. The future lies before you fresh as the driven snow. Be careful how you tread it, for every step will show. And that's a truism, if there ever was one. So here we are. What will the new year be like? What will you do with it? What can we expect in this new year? Well, one thing is for sure. Change is going to come. Do you remember when you were a child singing, I wandered today to the hill, Maggie? To view the scenes below, the creek and the old creaking mill, Maggie, where we sat in the long, long ago. The green grove is gone from the hill, Maggie, where first the daisies sprung. The old rusty mill is still, Maggie, since you and I were young. And you can look back on your life and see many of the things that were common and ordinary and expected are no longer there. They're gone. But that isn't much help to us. We have seen unprecedented change already in our world. So what does the future hold? As we turn to the word of God, there are some things that may settle us down and give us hope. And I want you to think this morning of several of those things. We may expect in 2015 the abiding presence of the Lord. Do you believe that? You know, in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, he said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. That's what he said to his disciples. That's what he said to us as believers. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Or in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, he said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Do you believe that? That's what he said. And when you feel alone, the presence of the Lord is there 
whether you recognize it or not. He has said, I will never leave you if you're a believer. Or look at Psalm 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about those that fear him and delivereth them. Now, I believe those promises. I hope you believe those promises too. Through the eye of faith, his presence is as real to us today as the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire was to the children of Israel as they wandered through the wilderness. The one who said, peace I leave with you, let not your heart be troubled, is with us. He is here in this very room. Listen to Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Or Deuteronomy 33:27, The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are, your, are his everlasting arms. That is the promise of the word of God. That is God's message to you and to me, that he will never leave us. Now, if you feel that God is far away, guess who moved? Because he said, I am going to be with you, no matter the circumstances, no matter where, no matter what. I am with you. And if you feel he is not here, you must be the one who has failed to recognize his presence because he's here. I was reading this week a book uh, that was written by a person who was going through a tremendous personal tragedy. And as a result of that tragedy, uh, the book was written. And this is what she said in the book. When God seems the most absent, he is the most present. He is in the middle of your circumstances, whether or not you recognize him. And we need to write that down and mark it on, the, on our minds, that whether you recognize him or not, he is in the middle of your circumstances, and you must recognize him there. So, number one, we can be assured through 2015, no matter what comes, that we have the abiding presence of the Lord. His word demands it. Secondly, we will have grace for every time of need. I remember years ago reading about evangelist Dwight L. Moody, who shook the world of his day over a century ago. And um, Moody was approached one day by a man who apparently was a critic, and he said, Mr. Moody, do you have grace to die? And Moody looked at him for a moment, and he said, No, I don't. I have grace to live. And when it comes time for me to die, God will give me the grace to die. Amen. That's a pretty profound statement. You know, you and I don't need grace for whatever we're going to face tomorrow. We need the grace of God for what we're facing today. And Jesus has said that he would give us grace. You remember when Paul was complaining to the Lord about that thorn in his side, and we don't know what that was, 
God answered, listen, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul went on to say, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Or you have that old familiar Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Or Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. A pastor friend of mine lost his wife. And another pastor came early to the funeral. And as he walked in, the pastor who had just been widowed was at the front of the church rearranging the flowers and making everything look just exactly the way his wife would have liked to have seen it. And he seemed in a happy spirit as he was doing this. And the other pastor said to him, I, I didn't expect to see you here uh, looking so, so good. And the pastor said to him, if my faith can't help me now, it isn't worth much. And I've experienced that, as you know, in my own life. And if our faith can't help us at, at the dark moments of life, it isn't worth very much. What is your faith worth? Is the grace of God sufficient for you? You see, we take life a step at a time, and he is there every step of the way. The poet has put it this way, he does not lead me year by year or even day by day. But step by step, my Lord, my path unfolds and my Lord directs the way. What need I to worry or to fret? The God who gave his son holds all my moments in his hands and he gives them one by one. And so we take those moments one by one. You do not have to face tomorrow's difficulty it will take care of itself. You remember that Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, Is not your life more than food and your body more than raiment? Don't go around saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all those things and he is able to supply them one by one. So you are assured of the grace of God for whatever circumstances you face in 2015. Third, you have God's word to instruct you. The Bible is the eternal, unchangeable word of the living God. Now, I know that the Bible today has come under a great deal of criticism, and there are those who laugh at those of us who believe the Bible. But we need to recognize that the word of God endures forever, and it is the word that will judge the world one day. And we need to recognize that the Bible is, is eternal. It's not something that's going to fade away or change. The word of God will endure forever, as 
we read in, in Peter. And so we have the word of God to instruct us, the word of the living God. This is such an important subject that that is what I'm going to do as a basic Bible study on the word of God on Wednesday night this week so that we can recognize that it is dependable and we can stand upon it. And I encourage you to be there Wednesday night. Psalm 119, verse 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 32, verse 8, my life verse, I will instruct you and teach you the way which you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. Or you have Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of your heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now let me just say very bluntly, the word of God cannot instruct you if you do not read it and do not hear it. And you do not believe it. So you must believe it, you must read it, you must hear it, for in order for it to instruct you. Will you make a New Year resolution for 2015 that the Bible will be a daily part of your life? It will help you. It will encourage you. And it will keep you in hours of frustration. Because God works through his word to bring spiritual growth to you. You must read it, and you must hear it. You must believe it, and you must cling to it. Ed and I used to sing a song. We don't sing it anymore. Cling to the Bible, though all else be taken. Lose not its precepts, so precious and pure. Souls that are sleeping, its tidings awaken. Life from the dead, and its promises sure. Cling to the Bible. Cling to the Bible. Cling to the Bible, your lamp and your guide. We ought to bring that back and sing it some more because we cling to the word of God and it will be there to instruct you all during 2015. There's a fourth thing that I want to mention that we can expect in 2015. We can expect the glorious return of our Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14, he said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come back and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. I'm looking for Jesus Christ to come back. Or 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 has that great passage on the rapture of the church. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and we'll be forever with the Lord. Well, we have those today who are really quoting the words of Second Peter. They don't know it, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 4. And they say, where is the promise that he, of his coming? Ever since our ancestor died, everything continues as it was. But Peter goes on to say, 
The day of the Lord will come as a thief, and the heavens will disappear with a roar. And he goes on to describe what's going to happen in those days. And we need to hang on to the fact that Jesus Christ has promised that he will come back, and we believe that he will and may in 2015. Hudson Taylor was a missionary to China. He lived in 1832 to 1905, and he was the founder of the China Inland Mission, a great godly man. He kept a motto before him in front of his desk, and the motto said, perhaps today. And every day he wanted to live with the realization, perhaps today. Jesus will come back, and I'll see him face to face. That's a great way to live. Perhaps today he will come. You know, it could be that before sunset today, we will be in the living presence of Jesus. And time will have passed away. What a hope. What an exciting prospect we have. It is true that we do not know all that's going to happen in the year 2015, but we have his grace, we have his presence, we have his word, and we have the promise of his return. Will you hang on to those things? Will you make them the priority of your life? Now, I'm talking to you as to Christians, but there may be that there are someone here who has never personally trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior. John chapter 3, verse 36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son of God will not see life for God's wrath remains on them. If you haven't trusted Christ, you're in a precarious position as you face this new year. And Mark 8.36 says, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You may be very prosperous and you may be very satisfied with your life, but if you do not know Christ, you are lost and in a precarious position. And I urge you on this first Sunday of 2015 to make that commitment that you know in your heart you must make if you're going to be with the Lord. Trust in Jesus. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone pluck them out of my hand, is what Jesus said. But you have to receive the gift. And if you receive him to them, he gives the privilege of being the children of God. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that for those of us who are Christians, we will stand tall and firm in the promises of God. And if there are any persons here today who have never made that personal commitment to Jesus Christ... I pray that in these moments they will feel led to receive the Savior and acknowledge that before this congregation. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
In a moment, we're going to stand and sing. And if you would like to receive Christ and acknowledge today that you're beginning the year by giving your heart to Christ in confession of your sin and need, I invite you to come and meet me here as I stand here at the front. Or if you desire to become a member of our church, the doors are open. We'd love to have you as part of the family to serve with us together. You may come while we sting. Let's stand together.